This time on the podcast, we're going to be talking with Alyssa Fickert about tap, what it's like to still dance as an adult, attending workshops outside the studio, her expertise at analogies, and being a new mom. Today's guest has been teaching and choreographing at the dance space for seven years, and her attention to detail makes her an amazing instructor. Her approach to choreography is to highlight the strengths of all the dancers in her pieces. She started dancing at age three and danced competitively from age seven to 19, and more recently danced in several shows with the Columbus-based dance company. Alyssa and her husband, Joey, have a four-month-old son, Atlas, whose cuteness shuts down the studio when he visits. Today, we welcome Alyssa Fickert to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, you think the little guy's going to dance, or he's just going to be cute for, for a while? <laughs> well, he does like to move quite a bit. He's always moving, and he doesn't argue when I put him in the carrier and wear him to the studio. Even last week, I was doing some choreography and just had him wearing him right on my chest, and he was happy, so... I think he'll feel at home at the dance space. So there you go. go. Either he's going to find lots of little girlfriends there and not want to dance, or he's going to want to dance because of all of his little girlfriends. <laughs> right. You never know. Yeah. The time at the dance studio doesn't hurt anybody. So that's a good thing. Yes. Um, so let, we always kind of start out, so we've been starting these out with kind of like what we say, the or, your origin story to, um, to the dance space. Yeah. Well, I moved to Columbus in... 2011 and dance has always been part of my life so when I moved here I thought wow there are gonna be so many opportunities for dance so I brushed up my dance resume and I sent it out to every studio I could find and I got a lot of well we're not hiring right now or we're fully staffed or thanks for applying but not right now and so I went about a year without having a dance home and I got to a point where I thought you know I really need dance in my life and so I started just doing a Google search. And what do you know, the dance space at IUE popped up. And I thought, that's strange. It's right around the corner and I have never heard of this studio. So I sent my resume over to Andy and she said, come on in. And I was able to teach a class over the summer and that served as my interview. And I could tell right away that the dance space is gonna be a great place for me. And Andy was so welcoming and I was just happy to have a dance home again. I still remember that class. Like when you came in, I remember you poor thing, because now you know everybody, so you know exactly <laughs> how it was rolling in the back, but uh -huh. like the whole staff was there. I can't, probably we had finished rehearsal. Oh, we brought everybody in to take class from you because oh, you were yes. going to be, because really think about it, like the staff had kind of developed and then we were like, and I'm like, everybody can watch. So, you know, it was all of us sitting back there and, you know, mm -hmm. we have our opinions and <laughs> Alyssa had to teach class in front of the staff, not purposely, but that's what happened to everybody. And I can still remember it was just, it was great. And yeah. there it went right there. But seven years ago, I mean, we were just getting, getting really starting to get rolling in the traditional studio yeah, we were. So I'm going to say seven was about, we had just started, I think when you came, we had just started going to um, uh, dance studio competitions versus dance team competitions. And um, you, you already had that, obviously, that um, background and knew what was happening there. And that's when we were growing and really needed some more instruction. It was just like, it was one of those timing things, you know? 
kind of crazy. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So then you came in, started teaching just a couple classes mm-hmm. and uh, more and more. And now we're where we are now. Right. That's yeah. great. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, today we want to talk a little bit about TAP, which I know is our staff just loves TAP. Yes. And um, it they do. And I know you love TAP. And currently for this coming season, we have a new TAP team that you're choreographing for, some um, new rec dancers. So kids who have been in the studio, had the studio environment, and are interested in searching and seeing what the competitive world is all about. So, you know, our rec level at a, a low competitive red, so they get to compete a couple times, but it's not too much. It's not too intense, but tell us about TAP and what you're doing with that team and what you think about it in general. So I started TAP when I started dance at three years old and I tapped from three to probably age six or seven. And then I moved studios My new studio was up and coming. I only took jazz class the first year, maybe a lyrical class, and they didn't offer tap yet. And so for several years, I didn't take tap because it wasn't offered. And then when it finally was, I felt a little too nervous to try it again since I hadn't done it in so many years. So when I turned 15, I thought, you know what? If I want to be a well-rounded dancer, I need to learn how to tap. So I started taking some summer classes, and I found that my my head understood the rhythms. I could hear the rhythms and I knew what my teacher was asking of me and my body just wasn't listening. So it took me a while um, and often I would go home and I'd have the rhythm in my head and the step in my head and I would just have to practice it slowly, slowly and then speed it up more and more and more. And then by the next class, I felt like I really had a grasp on it. And so although I started more formal training in tap quite late in the dance career, I think that gives me a nice uh, platform from which to reach my students, Mm -hmm. especially those that are starting maybe a little bit later. And I can kind of meet them on their level and tell them, you know, I've been here. I know what it's like to not get it the first time or the second time or maybe even the third time. And to have to just keep that rhythm in your brain and bring it back Um, practice it slower, then build up that speed. So I feel like I can relate to a lot of those students who are just starting to dabble in tap. Um, With the junior rec company this year, I'm so excited. I have nine little dancers and they are all very eager. Um, I really enjoy working with the recreational dancers because they are serious, but they are also given that opportunity to kind of explore without over committing themselves. So um, with that tap class, I went really classic this year. We're doing an older song, very classic style with the choreography. Uh, I find it important that the kids get those fundamentals first, the classic tap steps, and then we can start playing around with different rhythms and syncopated rhythms and um, just all more of the layers to tap. So I wanna make sure that this year they all get a really great foundation and the basics and feel very confident in what they're doing. Um, And to touch back on my choreography style, one of the things that I like to do is challenge every kid in the room. Now, when I challenge them, I don't want them to be so frustrated that they shut down. Exactly. And they're overwhelmed. So I really like to push them and also build their confidence. So it's a fine fine line that I try to balance um, when it comes to pushing the strongest dancer in the room, but also not overwhelming um, one of my beginner students in the room. So I try very hard just to make sure that 
all of that is being met in the dance and that everybody's having fun above all. So um, it's kind of the approach I'm taking this year is just to make sure that we're all having fun and all growing in one way or another. Right. And challenging them that it's fun, but learning and, you know, growing that. Well, you know, I just had a conversation with a parent last night, actually, and we were talking about TAP. She um, has a older daughter and she had come in the studio for her first TAP class. And I'm going to say she was 12 or 13. And um, she said she loves tap and she hears rhythms. And, you know, and I said, I said to her before she went into class, I said, you know, tap is a little overwhelming when you first step into class, because when you're watching yourself in a mirror in a class and or one of our classes, rooms that doesn't have a mirror, but you're hearing what you're doing in addition to seeing what you're doing as well as everyone else. So it's a little overwhelming for those newer students to get that. She looked at me, by the way, she loved the class, so I'm super excited, but she looked at me and she goes, but when you get it, it's twice as good. And I said, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was great. She like knew that before she even walked in. She had never, ever, she um, has taken jazz for a while. She's taken some ballet. She just really wants to go with tap in addition to whatever her other classes are that she's already taken. And I was so excited when she came out. I'm like, so how was it? She said, I learned something new. But she's right. It's like double the gratification as well as obviously when you're not quite getting, it's a little frustrating, but double the gratification in the end because you hear it, you see it, it's like all fits together. So, so tap is one of those foundational styles, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's why the little guys, is that why, I guess I guess it's a question, is that why they, the little guys usually take tap is to, so that they can learn to get those rhythms and learn to hear those things because that's kind of a foundational piece of dance. Right. Um, I think tap is great for building those motor skills. Um, I also teach our three, four or five year olds in tap class as well. And just getting them to coordinate one body part at a time, that ability to isolate is key in their development. So not only is it good for their confidence to learn these steps, but it's great for coordination and movement and just overall health just getting these kids moving and active. Um, also, the, the rhythms can be challenging yes. and stimulate different parts of the brain that maybe they're not getting right. elsewhere. So I think that um, so often in the younger classes with the tap, it's just the whole idea of the combination and the culmination of the music and with the skill of movement and that's why the tap and ballet, I think, are so important for the for the younger kids. And that's why on a beginning base, that's really what we offer and hope that most kids will start with. Obviously, we have that wonderful little hip-hop tots class. And hip-hop has so much of that same rhythm-based mm -hmm. movement. Um, and I think so many times people who really enjoy hip-hop really enjoy tap. Opposite yes. as well. Not that, you know, kids who love the other styles don't. But I think those go together so well because it's that backbeat pulled into the basic um, overall music and just that whole combination. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it works like to the benefit of the kids. And that's, I think, often why parents will say, oh, I don't think that they can handle the tap part. They'll say that with a tap and ballet class. And we'll say, oh, no, they'll love it. And there's a lot of noise going on, but, yeah. you know. It's organized chaos. It's or that's what I was just going to say. It's organized chaos. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Well, Alyssa also, she teaches um, a variety of things and has taught a variety. She also dabbles in our pre-K tumble class. And I think um, when you pull over and think about the tumbling in 
to younger kids as well. It's the same thing. It's the basic skills for the foundation of which is to come. Basic movement, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that lead that you know that's part of tap as as well. So as we heard already, you still dance. So tell us a little bit about uh, the importance of you moving and continuing to progress in your style and love of dance and what that does for you teaching at the dance space. So I think it's really important that I don't um, just ask my students to do certain things. I want to practice what I preach. And so by having the opportunity to be part of a dance company here in Columbus, that gives me the opportunity to still learn and grow and take class. Um, I can participate in, uh, we have open adult classes every once in a while, every couple of months, we have that option. We have uh, seasonal workshops that I get to attend. And sometimes I even choreograph and teach at those workshops. Um, but I, I get to kind of see what else is out there aside from just at our studio. So I think it's important that I'm constantly taking in um, new information, new choreography, new philosophies and movement styles. So then I can better serve the students at our studio by giving them whatever's new and fresh and innovative. And um, it, it just allows me to be a better instructor when I'm learning as well. So if I'm learning and I can digest all of that and give it back to the students in a way that we can apply it within our studio, I think it's to just better for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, just like we always say, learning from so many different people right. is such a great thing. Mm -hmm. You know, to have a student be told the same thing, you know, four different ways is so amazing. So if you're still learning, hearing it different ways, grasping it different ways, and maybe new little tidbits that are so helpful that you think, oh my gosh, that would have helped me so much when I was learning the basics of this move or this skill. And you're still, you know, able to get that. It was funny the other day, last week, I think it was, somebody brought up um, so many things that are on the internet. They're like, oh my gosh, you can get that off wherever, multitude of different places. And they're like, so why would somebody pay to get that? We were talking about online classes and, you know, there's so many online classes being right. offered. And I said, because that would just give you another opportunity to see someone else and learn something. Mm -hmm. And the specific student was like, doesn't that disappoint you that we'd want to do that? And I said, no, it makes me happy that you'd well, want to go out no. and learn yeah. right. from all those people and just see what the other opportunities of growth are out there in the same aspect of what we're already teaching you, let alone something different. Right. I mean, that goes into why we, we ask our competitive students to go to workshops yes. and conventions. Oh, yes. Sure. So important. I mean, they're so overwhelming. Yes. However, you're going to catch something in every class. You're going to learn something new, whether it's something you love, something you know, I don't like this and I want to try something else, or if it's a new movement or just a mindset. It's so important to push our kids to have that exposure to different teachers, different choreographers, different styles, um, and not just different styles of dance, but different teaching styles. Oh, oh for sure. And just definitely. the experience. I mean, we took um, some kids to New York for the first time. I don't know. That was, it's been a long time ago at this it's point. It's been a while. 2010 or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. And I thought, you know, I'm going, we're going to New York and I'm going to do all these things. And I walked into the, walked in to watch, you know, what was going on in the first class. Never left. I, <laughs> I went, watched classes the whole time we were there. I was just mesmerized by these people and how they were teaching. It was, it was amazing. I, I told, I think I told the girls that were there, um, 
that I never wanted to like be a dancer as badly as I did <laughs> then because I wanted to be able to get out there and do that. It was super cool. So yes. Oh, yeah. Well, in the workshop setting, I think there's so many things. Um, I was just talking to um, an eight-year-old's parents about the workshop opportunities. And um, she said, you know, is it overwhelming? And I said, well, it's all how they um, take the approach first of all. And second of all, we take a lot of time to find the workshop that I think is going to fit and meld with our studio and our kids. You know, sometimes the eight-year-olds only go half day versus the full day, that sort of thing. But I was explaining to her, there's a multitude of things that they're going to gain from it. But it, putting aside the taking classes, learning new choreography, maybe learning a technical skill that's different or a um, way of learning a technical skill that's different. In addition to all of that, having a great time with your other uh, dancers from the studio, meeting new people. In addition to all that, there is two different things. Either that student's going to be super challenged and just be, you know, excited about that, or they're going to see, oh my gosh, look at me. I got this. Like, I got right. this. So then it feeds into their um, respective dance and their excitement of, okay, I really am understanding this and learning something in my everyday classes and, you know, that's bringing me to this other point. So there's so many different things of the workshop environment that's so helpful and the day-to-day -day class environment. You know, so many kids will say, oh, I just come to relax and have a good time. And that's, that's mm -hmm. a great thing. But then other kids, oh no, I want to learn something new every single week. So hopefully in our classes, as I know you do, and I know you think a lot about that challenge is there as well as the repetition to encourage them and know that they are um, learning and grasping a hold of different styles and techniques. All right. So let's take a minute and talk about, since you are still dancing, let's talk about what dance brought to you as a younger child into your adulthood. And so what then you try and put out to all of your dancers, as I know, you know, we have a lot of things we talk about at the dance space and Miss Alyssa exudes them all. So why don't you just go for that little comment? Sure. Um, so for me growing up, um, I started dancing when I was three and the studio was four houses to the north of my house. So you know, Tuesday nights, I'd get in my little floral print leotard <laughs> and uh, we would walk over through the yards and we would go into the dance studio and... Um, Which was located... In Lima, Ohio. But in, in the basement, in a barn, oh, in a Oh, not this one. Okay, so this dance studio was the extension of someone's home. Oh, my. Yes, and it was a very... Okay, so to me... had this discussion. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> so the space, um, to me at the time, was huge. Yeah. I had the opportunity years later to go back when it was um, owned by someone else and no longer a dance studio. And I looked at my mom and thought, you know, wow, this is the space I thought was so big. <laughs> um, but I remember the first time my mom had to drop me off and she said, I have to run an errand and I'll be right back. And I must have been four, maybe five. And I, I this may be my earliest memory. I don't know. But um, I was so nervous to be at the studio by myself. And I remember being in the waiting room kind of coloring by myself at one of the little tables and waiting for my class to start. And just that one opportunity to have to be by myself without my mom, I think that was maybe the start of um, building of confidence and independence. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then after that, there were several more times where I'd go to the studio by myself. But um, so it taught me this sense of independence. 
I wanted to be able to learn the dances and then go home and show my parents what I could do. Um, and then as I got older, um, I moved studios so I would have more opportunities. And um, the new studio was also on the property of someone else's, of the director's home. And um, it was a prefab home, like a double wide prefab home. That was the size of the studio. And it was perfect for what we needed it for. And we made it work. Uh -huh. um, that taught me that I can dance in any space. It doesn't matter the size of the stage. I could dance <laughs> in a closet, we always joked. It didn't matter. So um, that taught me just to be versatile. And no matter what kind of facility I have available, use it to its full capacity. And so I spent the next few years there. And then with the same studio, we moved to a new location, a bigger facility. And um, at that point in, in like middle school, high school years, um, dance really truly became an outlet for me. And no matter how my day went, what was going on at home, what was going on in my social life, it didn't matter. I knew when I got to the studio, I had a job. And I knew that with my teammates, I couldn't let them down. I needed to perform. I needed to be focused. And so that kind of helped me get to the point I am now where I can, I can balance a lot of things and kind of compartmentalize and come back to certain things when I've got more time to deal with them. Um, but being at the studio allowed me to just kind of be free. Um, and that's something that I want to give to my students. Uh, the dance space is such a, a safe sp space for me. Um, the safety that I feel at the dance space is, I don't know, it's like a warm, fuzzy blanket. <laughs> I'm also known for my analogies. You so. sure are. <laughs> the dance space is my warm, fuzzy blanket. About the analogies. We could have brought oh, that up yeah. earlier. No, yeah. no, no. I purposely was just waiting because I knew she'd do it. So I was waiting. And it's yeah. kind of every banquet ever since you've been here, there's been talk about these analogies. So people are just going to have to come experience that. I right. Think. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. The, with every class, there's at least one analogy. I mean, there is, there is. She, and she doesn't even realize it sometimes, and they just come out. I was, I, it's funny. I wrote this note down to tell you later, but we're going to put it on here because it's funny. So uh, Ashley and I were teaching technique class, mm -hmm. and Ashley did an analogy, which is, so Alyssa, she said, oh my gosh, that's an, an Alyssa-ism. And everyone started <laughs> laughing and they're shaking their head. Aww. And we just all, it was, it was quite a moment just dedicated to you, Miss Alyssa. It was great. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Well, with that being said, it's so great because what you said, you know, it's such a great thing. The simplest thing, tap and ballet, your first classes at the dance space, three and four-year-olds. We ask you as a parent to bring your child in with their shoes and shut the door and step outside and between the teacher and those three and four-year-olds, they put their shoes on. And it seems to some that might be listening to this, oh, that's just silly. But as you recall back or parents who are listening who have three and four-year-olds, we know it's not silly. It's a real responsibility. And for some kids, it's a super big task that they are so proud of. Now others... Right. You know, take it with a grain of salt. But it is one of those things. It's that first step of responsibility. Yeah. And, you know, that that is one of the first things that dance teaches you for sure. Right. Yep. I know I expect a lot out of my little ones, but they, they step up to the plate. I mean, I don't lower the bar just because they're a little bit short. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they come in, they choose their own cubby. And when it's time to change shoes, they know. We take off one pair. We put them in our bag. And if they need help tying shoes, I try to, you know, break that down for them. So they're not only learning the responsibility of having to change their own shoes, but we start those, those skills that I know parents are going to be working on with them as well, you know, shoe tying and 
cleaning up after themselves and manners, all of that. So yeah, you get more than just a tap and ballet class when you come to a class at the dance space. You sure do. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So we we have been asking everybody this the same question. And the question is, tell us something that you're super obsessed with lately. And that can be it can be anything. It can be a show, it can be food, it can be a place, it can be a person. <laughs> Um, so tell us, tell us mm. what you've been this is a good vibing one. on lately. <laughs> All right. Well, I found a brand of gummy bears that I really love, <laughs> but I, I have to say, aside from the gummy bears and eating far too many of them at a time, I have to say that my new baby is my current obsession. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, I always loved to be busy. I just thrive on chaos. I like to always be scheduled to the minute and kind of rushing from place to place. And, um, since I had him, he'll be four months old on uh, Monday. And uh, for the last four months, it's been a real eye-opener. You know, I've been able to kind of slow down and truly enjoy every minute that I have with him. Um, when I'm rushing from my job to the studio and picking him up in between, like those 30, 40 minutes I get with him in the middle, it's just so sweet just to, I mean, we just sit and talk or babble or drool, but, um, it, it's just, I don't know. It's overwhelming just like how different things are. And Joey and I are just really enjoying time with him right now. That's We're going awesome. camping this weekend. Yeah. So I just want to expose him to as much as I can. So I guess sure. my obsession is just kind of introducing this new human to the world. Nice. That's a bomb. Yeah, that's a good cool. one. That's a really good one. <laughs> Yesterday you said, what'd you say? I was sipping my coffee and I realized, oh yeah, I'm a mom. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all right. It, so she had a mom mug, she uh -huh. said. I was oh, that. okay. She, that's yeah. what it was. It says, not, mommy needs more coffee, which is almost right. always true. <laughs> right. <Yes>. Right. <laughs> well, thanks for coming and talking and being on the podcast. And we were talking before the podcast, we would like to have more of these as, as we go forward different topics so maybe yes. you can stop by and we'll have something a little more casual yeah sounds right. great thanks for having me yeah thanks for coming